All right, what is up, everyone? Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Black Banner Podcast. Today, I'm excited for the guests that we have on. One, because we're going to dive in deep on the fitness side of things, I think the business side of things, uh, and Austin Pace's story, I think, is going to be one that you guys will take a lot from. Uh, so, Austin, welcome to the Black Banner Podcast. Dude, I am uh, extremely excited about this, and your story is like, we kind of parallel came up yes and have been trying cool things together so i'm what really excited i love about lee summit in kansas city is everyone i've talked to in and around lee summit they like your name gets brought up a lot because of your gym uh and when i say austin has a gym like this isn't like a tiny little gym like this is a turf field inside of a warehouse kind of gym like this is big not to mention there's a golf simulator on the other side like austin does things and when he does it he does it right and you go all out. So I appreciate that about you. Yeah. Um, but everyone in Lee Summit, like that brings up your name. They want you to win. Like everyone's like, oh, hey, have you seen Austin's doing this now? Uh, and I don't know. You probably don't hear all of that. Right. Um, but just from other people I've talked to, they're like, whoa, we want to see him succeed, which yeah. is cool. And I don't. I, it's not as much competition. It's more of like, I, we just want to see people win. Yeah. You know, I, I feel uh, really blessed about that because, like, you know, a lot of people say they're motivated by haters and they say that they just people don't want them to win. I've truly never experienced that. I mean, maybe a little bit here and there, but like I've never experienced that. And I just think that uh, I got a good group of friends and family. So, I, 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 you're right. I don't hear it, but like I, I'm not surprised by it, and I'm very like thankful for that. Yeah, I've noticed that too. Like the, it's almost cool to be uh, to say, hey, I got all these haters. I got all these people that want me to tear me down. And in my own world, like, I don't know those people. I don't hear them. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I just tune them out if they are there. But I am I just have a ton of people that are like, hey, you're doing cool things. Like, keep going. Like, here's some support. Here's some, like, we just want to see you win. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciate that about uh, Lee Summit KC. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. Bro, so let me uh, give you the floor for a little bit. I want to ask you to kind of just share how you got to where you are now. And you can kind of go into the gym, into the golf simulator, because uh, you got kind of a heck of a story through that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Let's see. I'm gonna try to condense this, but essentially, I my senior year in high school, I was playing football. Um, I was gonna go play football in college, and I, which I think my shoulders were torn longer than what seemed like to be two weeks, but they got really bad the first two weeks of my senior season. And, uh, you know, it's frustrating being injured, being on the sideline. So I don't know, my passion for football was kind of diminishing, but, uh, yeah, I was on the sideline for my senior year and I was pretty overweight. I mean, I, I was overweight. I was probably like 26, 24% body fat. And then, you know, kind of like even talking to my dad, he wanted me to go play football. And I, and I wanted to go play football. My dad just helped me tremendously go to camps and uh, get in front of coaches and have opportunities to go play. So when I kind of like had the actualization that I didn't want to do that, um, it was a tough time. And actually my girlfriend, who's my wife now, was in college. So that was the first year we were separated. So I was just trying to figure out like what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was up until that point like just obsessed with training and and fitness and felt like I knew enough about the nutrition side of things to okay I don't need to be 225 pounds in linebacker pace anymore I can actually get in shape and, and look pretty pretty cool so I lost like 55 pounds and actually got one shoulder surgery um, if I would have got the second one then that would have been able to retain my opportunity to go play college football um, 
Um, so I just went to UCM for uh, what I thought was going to be maybe just a semester, maybe a year to get recovered and go play football. Well, after my first shoulder surgery, it was five months of no training. And honestly, that sucked. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to go play football. I think I can just heal my other shoulder and just get in shape. So I did that. And, you know, of course, after you make a transformation like that, people just start asking you questions. And I lifted with a bunch of my friends, but it kind of just started off like, hey, can you write me a workout plan? You hear that story all the time. And, and that's really how it started. Um, and then I, uh, I had a lot of inspiration from uh, just people who were posting online. Like I thought it was the coolest thing ever that you literally could vlog your life and have this online brand and sell meal plans and sell workout plans. So I, you know, I worked for with like six, 10 people for free just because I truly did love to do it. And I was curious to know if I actually was skilled enough to actually make a transformation for someone. And I did. And they were really great transformations. And just seeing the impact it had on their lives reminded me on what it did for me. And I was like, all right, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this makes sense. So I was a business major, but I was a uh, started this business. I was posting on Instagram. I loved making content too. That was my other passion was just creating, making videos. I mean, I was doing this as a kid, YouTube, all the stuff. Um, so I just started, you know, coming up with a price. And I think I built my first little website on Wix. It was free. Yeah. And uh, just over time got more and just got better at it. Um, understood what my true value was. So felt confident in raising my prices. And um, that led me to about my senior year. Uh, I, I did like have an apparel brand, so started monetizing my brand in different ways. But uh, my senior year, I kind of had this like other actualization that, all right, well, I'm working at GNC full time, um, but I also have this online business. I wasn't doing any in-person training at that time. Um, what am I going to do? Because I didn't go to any of the career fairs. Like I kind of like subconsciously made the decision that I wasn't going to go into the corporate job world um but as i had one semester left in college like i had to like really take it serious and go all in so i like reduced my gnc hours and basically I, my dad this one my dad really helped me but he helped me come up with like actual financial goals for a month like hey you know you can live with us for however long you need but you're probably gonna move in with aubrey because you guys are gonna get married and you're gonna have expenses and you got to be able to cover those if you're gonna have your own job you know your own business so it was crazy that last semester like I think entrepreneurs do this but I put this uh what I call necessary pressure on myself thinking all right I have to make x amount a month to know that like I have what it takes to like cover my expenses and actually see it grow so um and at that time that was like over double what I was what my best month had ever been and I had to do that every month and just having that pressure and having that goal and having that focus, like, um, I, I was able to do it and it gave me all the confidence and, you know, stars kind of aligned. I, uh, my, my cousin who lived in Lee summit, he owned a gym with, uh, two other owners and it was active strength. And, uh, it was, uh, it was a perfect situation because they, uh, weren't looking to hire any employees. It was kind of a 1099 situation where I'd come in, do some classes and trade of rent and run my own business and uh, on my own clientele so I kind of gathered people let them know I was going to do in-person training and I started there and uh, first off I noticed that 
I realized that I really enjoyed doing classes with adults because I started going more of the route of I want to train athletes. So the certifications I went to go get were more for sports performance. And I knew I loved that. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. But when I started training all these adults, first I realized, wow, like I can't believe all these adults are training this way. And I'm sure that we'll talk about that later. But yeah. uh, I just realized like, man, I freaking love this more than I ever thought because I hadn't had the in-person training experience and just living in a gym. And uh, my goal at that time was, okay, I'm going to provide enough value for these guys that maybe they want me to be an owner. So I, uh, they let me kind of in the back end of the business, and I just learned so much, and uh, I was just having such a blast doing it. And, uh, I just, yeah, so it gave me the confidence. And then, you know, that partnership, my cousin actually left that partnership, so there's only two left. Uh, that partnership kind of fizzled out as well, and it got to a point where it kind of wasn't the same as it was, but I felt like I was also ready to go open my own place. And... Uh, looked for buildings. I actually, uh, for like a three month standpoint, uh, I left the gym to just give myself more focus and time to look for buildings. And it was really weird and kind of stupid, but I, uh, was training, uh, I, I couldn't train any of my athletes. So I was having no income and I had three more months living with my parents before I was going to go move into an apartment with Aubrey. She was going to be in school for another eight months. So I had to cover all of our expenses and nice. my only income was training uh, some adults who were going to come, like, with me to my gym. I was training them on their driveways, like, three days a week, uh, like, 6, 7 a.m., three days a week. And, oh, gosh, towards the end of October, it was, like, 32 degrees out. And I told them, like, I can't do this, guys. Like, yeah. we got we to gotta wait till we can get inside the building because I signed the lease. And, yeah, so, like, I saw my bank account because we I, I got married. Or, or I was saving up for a wedding, too. Mm-hmm. So I literally saw my bank account. I was so proud to, you know, where it was at and saw it get lower than really it had been at its lowest in college and just signed the lease to uh, accumulate yeah. all this debt. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, okay, like this is what I signed up for, but I was, I was excited and I was optimistic. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so that brings us to 2021, January. Yeah. And that was when uh, Ant Performance was officially like licensed and open. And then, October 2021 is when I signed the lease for the other uh, space. The, it was 36, 3,700 square feet, and that was Amp Golf. Um, and I consider that that official opening for that uh, expansion happened really this year in February. So Amp, Amp Golf is how many square feet? Uh, okay, so the whole building is 11,000 like 100 something 11,000 we're so, talking a gym yeah, Austin 11,000 square feet it, it is big it's big and uh we actually got the building during COVID so mm-hmm. I think we got a really good deal you know it's a triple net lease awesome. um I learned a lot man I I felt like I could have been a real estate agent after I went through that yes. process oh it's a headache um it, it is a headache, a headache man. Man. and uh you know looking back that was actually the toughest time I went through but you forget about like that beginning mm-hmm. that when you go through tough times, which they're going to come when you yes. open a business, uh, you kind of forget that, man, there was tougher times. If yep. you can get through that stage, that scary stage where the, the truly the unknown is like highest than it's ever been, then you can, you, you can get through the other tough times that come, which is operating. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, it is a big building and, uh, I think it's a perfect space for what we're trying to do. Bro, that's awesome. I remember I was when I was getting this space, I was looking around. There was actually a building next to you guys 
that I looked at. And it was 2,500 square feet, not not really big. This one is 3,000. Uh, and uh, the 2,500, I think they were selling, or like it was leased for right around 2,500 or 27-ish mm -hmm. in there. Uh, but what I didn't know is you normally have to show proof of income before you can sign a lease. And unless you know the owner or you have that in, the owner reached back out to me for that space next to you. Yeah. That was the next building over. Uh, and he, he told me, he's like, you have to prove that you had $750,000 of profit of that last year to sign a lease in that building. $750,000. I don't know if he was just trying to get rid of me. You know, but like these landlords, they all have a different, you know, a lot of these landlords, I think, are needing cash flow more than you would ever imagine. So, like, they're going to, you know, they, they want to just promise that their tenant is going to pay pay yeah which is understandable totally. but uh i just think from what i've heard every tenant is just is going to be different and yeah. everything's negotiable yeah. which i did not uh i probably could have negotiated some certain things more but yeah everything's negotiable and every tenant's different no, that's every landlord's different yeah so once you got the space now you're offering you got adult classes or you don't you're doing one-on-ones you got the golf simulator what other things do you have service-wise that you're offering yeah, so if you look at kind of the pool of if I handed you like a restaurant menu and said, hey, this is what we offer, mm -hmm. um, we uh, kind of every two, three months, we do a six-week transformation program. And that's kind of what started me as a trainer before I did sports performance. And everyone wants to transform their bodies, look better, feel healthier. So like that's the most impactful highest level service that we can provide for people. Um, and, and that's pretty ideal to come in. And if that's kind of where you're at and what you want to do, start with that because you're going to get our best service and our most attention and help. And then uh, you could do our class membership. Class membership, we have uh, like six different classes a day. Um, there's different types of classes, but our bread and butter is called adult performance. And you know, that's going to be like your typical boot camp class, but with our style of training. Um, and then more of a specialized class that we do, um, which I coached right before I came here, was, it's called RMT. And that's a new certification that I did last year. And it's called, it just stands for rotational movement training. People in there are uh, uh, golfers, pickleball players, these, people, these adults who want to get a little bit more sports specific because they still want to be able to kick their friend's ass. And mm -hmm. it's just a little bit more than just a hobby for them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, which I love because I still play sports and I want to win. Yeah. I want to be good. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we get a little more specialized in there. Uh, and then my wife actually is going to pick back up and offer yoga again. So she's oh, a yoga nice. instructor. Those are really our classes, but then uh, in the sports performance, like kind of sector, um, it's really, and I'm kind of perfecting how I want to do this, but a lot of times uh, I'll just contact a coach and have like a three-month contract with a team. Or uh, depending on times of the years, like during the summer, I had a basketball performance class, uh, you know, group for college um, and, high, and seniors going into college where we just come up with times that work for us and train them three days a week. Uh, right now I'm doing volleyball stuff. So it just the sports performance changes throughout the year, the times and the actual, you know, things that we're doing with that. Mm. And then all of our trainers, we do personal training with clients. Um, uh, and you know, all my trainers are 1099. So I want them to grow their business and like be able to handle that, um, through their clients. And I was very grateful for that experience at active. Mm. So, yep, that's, uh, that's kind of gym side golf side. We, uh, 
We do leagues during the winter. We do them all year round, but uh, really popular during the winter. We do, um, uh, you know, you can just book the simulators publicly uh, with your friends, play 18 holes or whatever you want to do. Uh, we do have uh, two people giving lessons. One's a club pro. Um, PXG, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. It's like TaylorMade. Okay. It's a newer company in the golf industry. They're making a lot of noise. They're awesome. Hmm. They, uh, We signed a contract with them. They actually don't have a location in the KCMO area. So they're opening one. Um, and, they, and, and their locations, they only do club fittings. Very, like, specialized to get fitted for their clubs yeah they sign and they're going to start and we're going to be their uh club fitting spot until they open starting november 1st so uh it's very scarce brand scarce products kind of their model so it's cool that uh, they chose us because uh, people are very familiar with them so we do we will be offering uh club fitting through them and then uh you know we we have some people who do corporate parties birthday parties events um and Despite outside of all of that, really like our transformation program we do on the gym side, starting next year, I'm looking to build a similar thing for uh, the golf side because a lot of these golfers, it's different demographic. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, my whole thing was the hardest person to get in the gym is the dad. So part of the reason I wanted to – golf's my biggest hobby outside of working out, but it was mm -hmm. like if I can get – like I need to get – I know the dad needs to be training. Yeah. I mean, all these dads, they – most people have pain. Most people don't move very well, but um, we have things that are important to us that we want to be able to do pain-free and get better at, um, and golf's one of them. So I was like, the golf most likely will get the dad in our building. Um, we just have yet to come up with a way to show them that we can actually help them with their game and just their life if we can get them in a full packaged transformation, whether it's not as much of like a you know body mm -hmm. transformation, but like just a movement, pain-free golf transformation. Yeah. So we're looking to do something like that. Um, and Dude, it sounds like you got just about everything. Yeah, and like, and well, and the last thing I was going to say, you know, the, I think the coolest thing that we do, because not everyone wants to do classes. Yeah. Like, I'm, a, I'm someone that maybe I wouldn't want to go do classes um, or be in a league, but, like, I just want to be in, in that culture and I want to have a membership. Yeah. I think the coolest membership we do is called Sim Gym Membership. And it gives you – we have three different tiers. It gives you a certain amount of hours on our simulator to book per month. You get full access to our gym um, and access to our app where we have, you know, workout programs. We still upload nutrition stuff and just kind of our extra content for our members. Um, yeah, so with all that, I think the biggest challenge is I hate to, like, over – like, I don't like having all these offers where it's confusing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we do have a lot of different – unique things yeah. at our space so if you saw it on a menu it would be digestible enough that it's yeah. like okay here are my options what do i want to do yeah no it's awesome i love the fact that you have the gym side and the golf side and that just seems like another stream of revenue for the business uh and that's something i kind of want to jump into as well um and we'll give you the the floor at the end of the shout out just like where to find you all those things uh but one of the things i want to jump into is like with growing your own business growing the gym and or all the, the hoops and hurdles you've had to jump through, what has been some of like either the best advice you've been given or the things you've learned while doing it that you would tell a young entrepreneur or someone that's similar in your space? Yeah, man, that's a – I think the best advice I had been given um, was – do you know Daryl Robinson? Daryl, I don't know, maybe. So he goes to Abundant. And, okay. Uh, 
I hope Daryl watches this because I, I just have so much respect for Daryl, and he's been a great mentor for me. But uh, he really just is kind of like I you call him. He's just a friend, yeah. But a, a spiritual mentor, and you know, you get so caught up in everything that the best advice he gave me was uh, uh, serve serve your wife, um, and that'll serve your life. And hmm. honestly, like having a good wife and having a good partner, I think is huge. And like. The thing is, like, if I was if I was single, I, like, I'm not looking to be in a relationship or get married, like, mm. um, because it takes so long to like figure out your companion, yeah. and especially when you kind of are dating someone, like, just figure out how you guys combat. But like, I think it would be really hard to try to do that and run a business. And I know that I couldn't give the relationship my all. So like, it just always seen the more I was uh, putting effort towards serving her as a husband the better everything else went. So like, it's kind of like, it kind of funnels the rest of your mm -hmm. life for my situation. That was the best advice. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, the bi biggest thing I learned and, uh, w without, without going into too much detail, I was, I was in a partnership when I first opened amp and I'm no longer in a partnership and it worked out best for both of us that way. Yeah. But I think, uh, jumping in a partnership is, is, is literally jumping into a second marriage hmm. and you hear all these stories about partnerships yeah. and, um, don't take them with a grain of salt cause they're true. And really the biggest thing is you just have to make sure that you and your partner are at, are at stages in your life where, uh, when you're taking a risk and have a big startup that, you guys know the game plan and yeah. you know what each other's roles are and you know what kind of time devotion that takes. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I wasn't aware of just what kind of commitment that was. So I think that, uh, most people should try to go do it on their own. Mm. Um, or, you know, if they have a partner, you know, really, really let that relationship nurture before you make a commitment like no, that. That's good. I think of uh, a couple sayings in that where it's like, you can go faster alone, but farther together. And then in that, you have to have the expectations have to be set beforehand. Like the, you have to know exactly what your role is, um, I think, within a partnership. And I don't have a partnership with here. Um, and that was some of the advice I've been given is like, hey, if you don't have to take investors or partners, uh, probably don't. Because I can pivot whenever I want. Yeah, I, I can agree. adapt. If I see the market shifting, I can make an adapt or I can adapt within a minute. Like it yeah. doesn't take me long to see something else that I need to go do and I can just go after it. I think ultimately I was too quick to take a partner and too slow to accept a mentor. Hmm. So like I, the, when I really started spending more time with people who were real, willing to mentor me, I mean, it's just, it cuts your learning curve. It's nice to just have a friend who's wise and mature and like, uh, it's a little bit therapeutic in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I had never, uh, had anything like that up until I really felt like I, I needed it. Yeah. And, uh, it was just huge for me personally. That's actually a good point too. Having someone that you can just like spew ideas at or talk with or being like, Hey, I'm going through this thing. Yeah. Especially if they've been in the, the same industry as you. Um, I mean, any type of mentor, I have a few people in my life that I I'll go to and I'll say, Hey, I got these questions. Like, can you help navigate this with me? Um, but n I don't normally talk numbers with anyone. I don't talk business things or business issues with anyone. Uh, only the people that are like the people that are mentoring me or above me that I've seen like, hey, I want to get where you're at. Yeah. I, I'm, I think I'm here. How do I get to where you're at? Yeah. And they're normally excited to share that. They're excited to share, man. And like I think the all th I've pretty much, uh, you know, outside of my parents, of course, but I have like three like mentors, I would say, two, three mentors. And I they just do the best job at like helping me learn, but not telling me what to do in the mm. sense of like, 
I don't know. They probably could come up with a strategy that they know would work, but like they just leave it open ended enough where I'm like, man, I still got to figure all this crap out. But like, I need that. Like, yeah. it you know, it's just it's a drive. Yeah. So, man, yeah. I love that. I think yeah. Uh, if you were to give someone advice to go find a mentor, how would you tell someone to go about that? <sighs> Dude, that's so. This might be uh, paradoxical a little bit, but I wouldn't try to find a mentor. I would like. I just feel like when you're present and like you are aware of just what needs to be done, that mentor is going to come in your life. Oh, interesting. Um, and I, I'm always kind of, I, me and my wife talk about this. It's like, just allow like these people to come into your life and you'll know, and you'll know. So I, the harder you try with things like that, the longer it'll take for it to like come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So like, just kind of, be calm, be energetic through your day and be aware, just be a good person and it'll come. Hmm. You'll, you'll know who it is. Yeah. I think it's cool that you also have your wife who you can lean on and or share everything with. Yeah. And I imagine you guys talk a lot about the business and or with what's going on in yeah, your day-to-day dude. life. So that's got to be really helpful. It, it is, it is the most helpful thing. And like, I don't think anyone understands, like just for us personally, like the financial stress, the first six months, uh, I just completely underestimated how hard it was to grow a business. Yeah. And uh, and we just had a lot of delays, a lot of unexpected expenses starting up. I mean, COVID was still happening. So, like, you know, when I'm, she was still in school, very stressful school for ultrasound for the first six months. I'm covering my expenses, um, all of our expenses. Also, knowing that we have a wedding uh, June, mm-hmm. you know, so we just opened in January. We have a wedding in June. Um it was uh, it was daunting seeing my personal bank account just go lower, lower, lower each month, and then the wedding happens, and boom, gone. It's yeah, and like th- then with the bachelor party, and then with uh, the honeymoon, and then you come back, and you didn't really get to spend a month on the business, despite it all yes. being the greatest month of my life. You come back to reality. It's like things aren't going well yeah. here, and things aren't going well for me financially, and uh, we gotta. We got to figure this out. Yeah. So it was the hardest thing for our marriage, the most stressful thing. Me and Aubrey hadn't even lived together ever. So yeah. we. this is the first six months we've actually first lived together. We're like, we're trying to figure out life. You know, she's finally in a career full time. Like, we're figuring out this crap mm-hmm. all, all at once. Yeah. And uh, it, like, was the hardest year of my life. Nothing compares to it. Some of my darkest moments, some of my biggest learning moments, and it was just incredible i loved hmm. it i loved it I, I love that you loved it yeah that seems intense bro literally intense well let's i that's one of the questions i love to ask is you know what's what's the biggest failure or mistake and maybe i'm maybe i just want to ask like what was one of the hardest moments or biggest failures that you had that you're like man i, I had to go through this like give me like yeah dude a that tough was... scenario oh shoot I could give you a lot of tough scenarios from like unexpected events that happen, unexpected expenses. But like, I think the toughest pill for me to swallow and accept was realizing I cannot grow this business being a trainer. And, uh, all up until this point, I was in love, like truly in love with the technical work of my job. And, uh, I read this book called E-Myth that Mm -hmm. one of my mentors gave me and it, it gave me the most humiliating truth that I needed to read. And it was basically saying, um, 
you know, you, you could come up with all these specific answers of why your business isn't growing and pinpoint it. But at the end of the day, like I was a technician and it was hurting me. I had a team of trainers. Like I had, you know, right now, uh, I have nine, 1099 and then one full-time employee. Um, and it's only growing. And, uh, at that time when I had that realization, it was like seven. So I had this team, but I am essentially like what I was doing on a day-to-day basis was, was what their job role is too. Mm-hmm. And I loved doing it so much. And also I did have this fear that if I, you know, I, I was training eight to nine hours a day and doing everything I can to grow the business outside of that. Cause I didn't know what else to do. Mm-hmm. So I was very fearful that if I changed that and said, you know, some clients are going to go with other trainers or going to go in classes, or I'm just accepting losing some clients. Well, now I only do like one to two sessions a day. And that transition of, I'm not a trainer. It's not my job. You know, I'm a manager first and foremost. I'm an entrepreneur. I got to come up with a vision. I got to make sure we're all clear on it. Um, and then I am a still a technician. I can still like get my fix for my one of two hours of training people. Yeah. And like that balance of what really is my job role. Like I knew what it was. I knew it had to change and I was fearful of the change. But that uh, was the biggest thing I think that uh, I, I would, would agree. That's a big hurdle mm-hmm. to come up and be like, okay, I need to make an adjustment here. Yeah. Um, I've, I've capped out at my time because I literally can't do any more time. And mm-hmm. I'm only making X amount because my time is capping. Yeah. Uh, and then it's that idea or that's that step that I'm going to dish this off so that I can work on the business and not work in the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's a tough, tough transition. I feel like I'm just now starting to go through that um, over the last two months, figuring out how to shift my role from being the, the only one doing all the work uh, to now being able to delegate and work together. Uh, and so that's been my even, I see that. I think it's the biggest challenge. I think it's a challenge that will live on forever. I mean, you hear stories about uh, people who started up a huge business and like they have to hire a CEO and that's kind of like hard for them. Um, but here's how I view it. You know, what I've learned is my job is to create jobs and it's very fulfilling feeling. And if you look at like the people who just start with you, like the trainers who just started with me, well, the first year and a half, I was a trainer with them. So it's like, we just had this frontline group of workers, but Right now, I would best describe my job at where we're at in our growth as I am, am a manager. And eventually, I would like to offer more opportunities where these trainers kind of come up and now they can be a manager yep. and hire their own trainers. Yep. And that just moves me up to more of a you know, larger scale overview manager. Yep. But uh, I think when I did flip, it was crazy at first because like my first week when my literally my schedule went from training eight, you know, six to nine sessions a day to one to two, like it was like, oh, I got to make this time worth it. And I figured it out, but I re-fell in love with business yeah. and like I lost that passion and, and just entrepreneurship. So like entrepreneurs, a lot of them are type A, kind of ADD, and I'm definitely that, but just feed your fix. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like, if you can just re fall in love with, I'm creating how I want to manage and how I want to coach managers to manage amp. And like, you can just give it your spin, your twist, your, you know, your way of doing it and, and set people up to thrive and they're going to teach you better ways to do it. Yeah. And I learned that I sucked at a lot of areas in training and 
just organization um, that I never would have realized until I went up to manager role and stepped back and I watched them. Yeah. And uh, it makes you more of an observer of your business, observer from the customer's perspective. And it just excites you seeing the growth and opportunity that you're creating for the people who started with you from day one. Yeah, and I, as you're even scaling up and or making that transition from trainer or the technician into like manager role and or owner role, I wish someone would have said, hey, Dawson, you should write down all the tasks and things that you do so that you have a clear expectation of what this role entails. So um, I hired Ben, shout out Ben in the back, doing the the audio and the work in the back. No one sees. Thanks, Ben. Uh, I hired Ben two months ago, almost two months in a week. Uh, and so I've been stumbling through. We've been stumbling together, and that was the expectation is like, hey, I don't know what I need to teach you until it comes up. Yeah. And so we're going to figure this thing out together. And I wish I would have wrote down and, and like, okay, this is part of the role. This is something you'll do. And then here's like a clear expectations. Expectations is a good word for it, but like um, it, it would make a system out of it. Right. And I'm a big systems guy. If I can create a, a fast system that I don't have to be hands-on and touching and it's operating on its own, that's a win. It's a huge win. So That's I just wish I would have wrote win, that. I think. And I think the, the most fun part for me is like if you look at everyone who is employer or works at AMP, we have, we're so young, dude. We're so young. Like I, uh, I'm 25 years old and I'm the third oldest out of all of us. And it's just so freaking cool because like I, when we have team meetings, um, you know, we go all out and I want to just like, to me, it's like, we're all in this because we think AMP can be this. So this is a game that we are playing. And guess what? We get to create the rules together. Mm -hmm. And there has to be rules. But I don't want to be a dictator and say, these are the rules, follow them. And I may or may not follow them. No, let's create it together because we're betting that this is going to get us to win. Hmm. And it's like this game. It's like this ultimate real life school project. And it's fun. So like kind of what you two were saying, like that's how I feel a lot of times with when I'm working with me and Logan, who runs the golf side, or me and uh, Stu Dickerson, shout out Stu Dickerson, that's his alter ego, his name's Ryan Templeton. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's doing all my books and stuff, and he's still at his last semester in college, about to become a CPA in Indiana. Mm. And it's like, I don't know, like it's a school project, and we're just so all in, and it motivates me so much. But how do you keep that culture? How do you keep people like rallied around each other? I, I, I just think that, you know, with it, I feel like if I can just focus on being the greatest person ever, mm -hmm. and I don't say that like, oh look at me, yeah. like I, but like just be a good person, be be the most authentic, greatest person that you can be, and you won't have to try to create that culture. Like you're you're leading by example. Yeah, that's massive. And people want to follow similar people want to follow similar people yeah that's and good. uh that's what i would say no i think of that uh the difference between like a boss and a leader and someone that's like in the trenches with you or willing to come alongside you and pick you up and like run with you yeah. versus someone who's like no i'm just going to command these things at you and like shout this at you from my pedestal or wherever i'm at yeah um so well, i have I a hard, hard time asking for help and like I when we that. do these feedback sessions like uh that was the biggest thing i learned like i suck at asking for help and I didn't realize like how much they would, they actually want to help. So like, it wasn't because I, I was afraid they wouldn't do it how I wanted. It was just simply because I felt uncomfortable asking for help. Yeah. So just learning that building a relationship, it can be fun. Dude, that's really good advice.
I feel like that the asking for help is something I've always wrestled with or struggled with because everything's always been on on me to do it. So every like when you're starting out, you have to wear every hat. So you just you learn and you adapt in that way. And there's no one ever to help you, so you're just like, all right, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna knock this out. I'm gonna be the janitor today. I'm gonna clean the toilets. Yeah, you're just like, gonna, gonna do go what you you, you, you have know to you it. have to do. Yeah. yeah. And so that yeah, filling every role and then learning to slowly add people in that want to help. Uh, and I'll tell Ben, I'm like, Ben, please, just like you have to sometimes look at me and be like, hey, let me take that off your plate because I'm really bad at just being like, here, take take this task. Yeah, I think it's important to like communicate with your team and like, hey, this is how. I think I need to be communicated to like that would help me a lot if you can do something like that for me mm -hmm. um, how do you want me to uh, guide you like what what's your best style do you want me to be upfront kind of improv or do we want to do this planned you know so everyone's just different communication is so important yeah that's really good well bro we are coming up on 30 minutes <laughs> I knew uh, we that went a little fly over. by it did it did fly by uh, but I do want to give you the floor to um, tell people where they can find you uh, website, like Instagram, all that stuff. Yeah. So, uh, just follow me on Instagram and Facebook is a tag, I think, but just Austin pace amp. That's really my tag for everything. Uh, TikTok, uh, YouTube, you can just type in Austin pace and then you can see my links, my Instagram bio, our business is, uh, amp performance gym and then amp golf, amp golf events. You'll see it. Um, yeah, next time we do this podcast, mm -hmm. we're solely going to talk about training. I love it. But then we might need like 45 minutes to an hour if we talk about that. I love it. Let's this do was it. business. I liked it. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate it, brother. Yes. All right, everyone. See you.